Welcome to TR Talks, where your host, Team Rajpal, talks everything Toronto and GTA real estate, from buying, selling, leasing, investing, and rental management. An unfiltered conversation with industry experts helping you stay up to date with the market. Welcome to TR Talks, where your hosts, Team Raj Paul, talks everything residential real estate in Toronto and the GTA, from buying, selling, leasing, investing, rental management, an unfiltered conversation with industry experts, helping you stay up to date with the market. Hello, Xerxes. Hello, Geeta. Let's be honest, you've missed me. It has been a while, I will say that, but have I missed you? I don't know that I would quite say that. But anyway, I'm sure you're feeling honored to be joining me on this podcast, welcoming everybody to something that's very exciting. There will be a group of people that do not want to hear any of this. And what we're talking about today is the mistakes that sellers make. Yeah, so sellers, listen up. These are the mistakes that you make most commonly. So the group of people you're talking about are sellers that have already made the mistakes. (laughs) (laughs) I would say yes, and I would also add that if you're in that boat and you're thinking about putting your home up in the market for sale, please listen carefully, please. Should we get right into it? Yeah, so let's start off. I just wanted to talk a little bit about the reason we're talking about this topic is that we are seeing a little shift in the market. Actually, little is the wrong adjective to use. We're seeing multiple offers coming back. We're seeing several buyers go back and obviously it's for a number of different reasons and the fact is that we need to have educated buyers and sellers in this market those are the best transactions that happen for the buyers and the sellers and as we at team rajpal always say we want to have the most educated people out there we do and so you know starting right from that first thought that a seller has, okay, well, you know, we're thinking about it. We want to get into the market. Oh, you know what? Let's start doing some renovations and fixing up our home before we consider getting any agent into the home. That would be mistake number one. 100%. I wish I had a button that made a sound that goes... (laughs) I think we actually do. Well, since I don't know the operations of this machine, I'm going to let someone put that in. But the fact is that that's 100% right. You hit the nail on the head. The number of times we've gone into people's houses and they're like, yeah, we just spent $30,000 doing this. And we're going, that was the wrong place to put that money. Exactly. And so the point being, that is the mistake, starting to do things before you have your realtor come in. The right way of doing it is have the realtor come in to your home And then determine together where you need to be spending any money, if you need to be spending any money. 100%. And Gita, I think it's important for people to understand that the conversations we have, and this specifically is for first-time sellers, but also applies to other sellers as well. We start having conversations with sellers three, five, six months, a year before they're planning on selling. Like that for sale sign is not when they've all of a sudden decided that they're going to sell. It takes months in the making. So 
the fact is that if you are thinking of selling, if it's the summer, it's the fall, it's the spring, we have sellers who call us and say, look, we've bought something somewhere else and we need to sell next week. But the fact is that if this is something you're thinking and if you're thinking like I need to do X, Y, and Z to my home, if that's how you, what you feel you need to do to your home to get the best value out of it, before you spend the money, speak to a professional. Absolutely. And then mistake number two, and these are in no order. I mean, they're all important. So don't do any of them if you can. Mistake number two is having unrealistic expectations. And that's unrealistic expectations from the market. And, you know, take a guess. What could we be talking about? Price. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yes. Oh, my God. You knew. So yes, pricing, because every seller is the highest bidder on their own home. It's as simple as that. And, you know, they all want to hear what they want to hear, but not necessarily what they need to hear. So how many times, Xerxes, have we been sitting face to face with sellers who do not want to hear the truth? They have unrealistic expectations and therefore would not want to work with us only for us to find three, six months later that they've realized and very often they call us back. And I think it boils down to the fact that the seller is not buying the home. The realtor is not buying the home in most cases. It's the market that's determining the value of the home. And our job as professionals is to set expectations. It's to educate our clients, show them the comparables, make them understand how the buyer thinks. It's a simple rule. Like anytime I sit down with a client, I always say to them, when you're a buyer, think like a seller. When you're a seller, think like a buyer. Exactly. Switch that hat as needed. And in fact, so, you know, to go into that a little bit more when we talk about comparables, you know, if I'm sitting in front of a seller and they're talking about, there's a new build, the street down from me. And those homes are going for $2 million. There's no reason why I can't get $2 million because those are 2600 and mine's 3,000 square feet. Yes, but you're forgetting an important fact. And the fact is that you have to compare apples to apples. So the only comparison that's going to be made is for similar homes in your little neighborhood. Not the new brand new homes that are constructing, even if it is a street away from you, it doesn't matter. And that's just one example. I mean, we've got so many, I think we could do a whole session just on the different kinds of conversations that come up when we're talking about pricing. 100%. And so with regards to that, as Gita said, don't be the highest bidder on your home. That's right. Now, mistake number three is waiting for a better offer. Oh my God. Do we want to do that? Seriously. How many times have you sat at a table? You finally have an offer in hand. And the fact is that offer has come in 48, 72 hours after you've listed the home. You know, it's a strong offer. And the seller goes, I understand it's a good offer, Gita, but I want to wait for another week or I want to wait till after the open house. Oh, yes. The classic open house, (laughs) the open house, of course. And here's the thing. A lot of sellers will think like, you know, ideally they have a very good understanding and trust with the team or real estate agent that they're working with. But there are often times when the seller will be like, 
ah, I feel like you are rushing to get this deal done. And that is the furthest thing from the truth. I mean, for the large majority of very ethical professional agents. So that's the furthest thing from the truth. The reality is that nine out of 10 times, your first offer is going to be your strongest offer. And as your real estate professional, we are the first ones to say if it's not the case. But in that waiting for the better one, in the waiting for the better time, you could be losing and leaving thousands of dollars on the table. I've seen it. I can't tell you how many times I've seen it. And I'm not saying only on our clients. Like when you, we talk to our colleagues and we say to them, like, this happened to me. Oh, Xerxes, this has happened to me a million times. Like, don't worry about it. <laughs> and the fact is that we're talking about a situation which does not involve an offer date. So I just want to make that clear. So for sellers that are going into the market with this idea and their strategy, keep in mind, it's a strategy to have an offer date where, quote unquote, you are expecting a bidding war and an offer comes in before the bidding war date. Obviously, that is a subjective conversation you need to have with your agent. But I'm talking in the traditional sense when there's no particular offer date, you've listed the property at market value, seriously consider the offer in front of you at any given point in time, no matter when, if it's the 10th offer that comes, always consider the offer in front of you. If you've been through it where you said no to one offer, and now all of a sudden you're an offer number two or offer number three, and the number is getting lower and lower, at some point cut your losses. Exactly. And and rely on the on the folks that have been doing this over and over again, day in, day out. So that brings me to mistake number, what are we on? Four. four. Okay. Mistake number four is actually hiring. So let's say you're a seller, you do need to make a move and you have to buy another property. But hiring the same agent for the sale and the purchase is a wise idea. So sorry, let's rephrase that. The mistake would be to hire a different agent for the purchase versus the sale. Absolutely. Now, obviously, if you're moving different cities, that's different. It's different, Xerxes. But, you know, that being said, I think there's value in ensuring that your listing agent is so closely involved. So even when we've got our clients purchasing in different cities, we have a huge referral network of agents that we work with closely So at least ensure that it's your real estate team that is referring out. So Gita, I mean, I know I remember like as our viewers or I should say listeners, soon to be viewers, know we actually work across the GTA. And I know a lot of people say that we work across the GTA, but we genuinely work across the GTA. I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, I was out in Stony Creek and Hamilton, Burlington. And at the same time, we were selling houses in Newcastle and in Bowmanville. So we have actually inculcated a culture where the agents who work with us go everywhere in the Golden Horseshoe area. And the reason being is for this very reason, the person gets continuity of service. Exactly. And that is so like we're digressing a little bit because it's not okay, this is what we do, but what we're saying is that the importance of dealing with the same agent that is both selling and buying is because of that continuity that you're talking about. Because it's never when things are going perfect. It's in the off chance that something is not going well. That gap in your closing date, that falling through of one of the deals, it could be disastrous depending on what the situation is. 
And that kind of is the perfect segue into number five because, and we can kind of say the why as to number four and number five in tandem with each other. It's sellers hiring the cheapest lawyer. How many times have you seen this? Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm going to go with this lawyer. They're charging me a flat fee of $300 or $400 for the sale. And we always say to people, be armed with the right people by your side for when things go wrong because things go wrong. And the fact is, is you need a strong team at your side at that moment. No lawyer is going to take you on when things have already gone wrong and offer you a cheap rate. They're going to offer you a much, much higher rate. And that's if they even take you on. Exactly. And so it's keeping that focus on the best and not the cheapest. And, you know, if you try and look at it with an analogy of insurance, I mean, you're paying insurance every single month in the eventuality that X is going to happen, right? But you always expect the best, but you prepare for the worst. And so it's nothing different there. You're expecting the best outcome, you're preparing for the worst, and so you should have the best lawyer on your side. Perfect. Was that mistake number five? Five. Oh, my God, we've got a long list here. So (laughs) don't feel disheartened, sellers. Don't feel disheartened. It's okay because, you know, these are things that are going to help prep you to not be that person. This is how not to be this person. Uh, Another mistake. So mistake number six would be, and again, it comes down to that saving a few dollars and closing on the same day. You know, your purchase and your sale closing on the same day. So the reason we bring this up is because what happens is this is very, very common. We're in the middle of winter. The person buying your home They have to close on your home in order for you to get the funds in order for you to close on the other home. And what ends up happening is buyers by law have until 6 p.m. to close the transaction. It's actually in the area form. So now let's say the buyer comes in and they close on the property and they close at four. You are sitting in your truck waiting to get into the other house, but you can't get the lockbox code to get the key until you've given the funds. Your lawyer receives the funds at four o'clock. Now all of a sudden has to prepare everything in order to transfer it to the other lawyers. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, you don't close on the property you're supposed to close on. Where are you spending the night? What is the interest or the penalties involved in not closing on the day of closing? What snowball effect happens? Even if it's a day or two, try and make sure that if you can, I'm not saying in every situation, it's not perfect. But if you can engineer it in order to get a day or two buffer where you can move in with calmness in your head, and it's stressful moving. It is very stressful. Well, so and I'm sure you've heard me say this a gazillion times because it's a fact. One of the top three stresses is a move. And the first being death, the second being divorce, the third is a move. And sometimes we even have scenarios where all a combination of those three are happening at the same time in somebody's life. And so, yeah, you can take away some of that anxiety by paying a few hundred dollars and having a gap of a day or two. I'm finding that our sellers are getting a little bit more on board with it. And we're finding that, you know, they're open to the bridge financing and doing a week's difference. But, you know, this has been a fairly common mistake that we've seen. 100%. And keep in mind, 
this is all geared towards for you to have a better experience. Every mistake we're talking about here is the feedback we've gotten from sellers and not only our sellers, other sellers as well, where we have spoken to people and this is the feedback they've given us as to what makes the whole experience better. Exactly. You know what a great one is? So mistake number seven. Seven. Trying to outguess the market. Ooh. <laughs> that is, oh, wait, that's another, eh, eh, eh. We'll, we'll have the actual, you know. How many years have you been in real estate? How many years have I been in real estate? Let's see, let's do the math. 17. How many family members do you have in real estate? Including Rajiv. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five. Oh, no, six, seven. Have any of them been able to outguess the Toronto real estate market? Yes, and I'm going to add all top producing. So it, it's not some agents that can guess the market or outguess the market and others cannot. But I will say, yeah, no, nobody is able to, including the best agents of, you know, in real estate, nobody is able to outguess the market. So a seller that sells once every 10 years is somehow, somehow able to say, I think I'm going to wait until may this is the new definition of sarcasm people (laughs) (laughs) it is and you know and it's not to be disrespectful but it is to say hey like wake up and understand that we are selling hundreds and hundreds of homes every year so when somebody comes in and says well the spring market is the best time or i'm taking a look at where the market is going and i think I'm going to wait until such and such month. Don't do that. Make your decision based on your personal and financial circumstances. That's it. That's when it's the best time for you. Now, there are instances, Xerxes, where a personal situation doesn't really come into play. The seller has the opportunity to choose when they go into the market. Investors. There you go, right? But to a degree... First of all, you still can't outguess the market. But in that circumstance, what I would say is then listen to when the professional says, hey, we're seeing this in the market. Time to go. Time to get in. That's not the time to say to us, no, I think it's going to go higher. I'm going to wait. So when we are in the market telling you this is the time, then in those circumstances, if you have no other personal financial reason to hold you back, please take your professional's advice. 100%. We do not benefit by you losing out. No, not at all. And and also, because we say this all the time, we're not emotionally tied in to the financial outcome of the transaction. 100%. We're 100% focused on the client experience and the client outcome. So yes, we sound quite passionate about this subject because it's Because what are we doing? We're educating our clients. We are. And then sometimes then when you're face to face and, you know, it's not happening, it's just not happening. We unfortunately at that time, if we're not able to get through, we'll say, you know what? We may not be the right team for you. A hundred percent. And so are we at number eight? I think we're number eight. We are at number eight. Do we even have a number eight? I'm not sure. Do you have a number eight? We always have another one. There are. I mean, I know we have to cut these down, but one last one that I want to talk about is talking about focusing on value and not cost. 
Oh when my God. you have, yeah, oh my God is right. So when you are looking for a team or realtor to represent you, focus on value, focus on outcome, don't focus on the cost and don't focus on who is saying what I want to hear. Just playing that right tune. So Geeta, let's give the audience an example because that's a very, very broad sort of topic. Fair. And that could apply to so many different aspects. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could apply to the cost of doing the transaction. It could apply to the services included. It could apply to where they work, et cetera, et cetera. So in order to give the audience a better understanding of this, let's use services as an example. Okay. So we're sitting across from each other. You're the realtor. I'm the seller. And I say, well, you know, Gita, for the commission you're charging this other person isn't actually including more or, you know, for what you're offering, this agent is charging me less commission. We hear this all the time. Of course. And where does the value come in? Such a great point that you've brought up, Xerxes, because I think that the important thing is, you know, we are talking about services and anybody and everybody. So for a lot of people, They're taking a look at things like staging and marketing, and they're putting the focus on things like that. Now, don't get me wrong. Those are important things. The staging and fluffing up the house and doing everything else, the feature sheets, the photographs. And it's like, oh, look, they're doing all of that. You're charging more. But guess what? The number one most important thing is how hard your agent is going to negotiate for you. And so those negotiations, you know, with or without the staging, you have to be looking at who has your best interests at heart and who is a powerful, tough negotiator. So Gita, let's say you are being accused of something very serious and you're going out into the world to find a good lawyer. Are you hiring a lawyer who's sending a limo to you? to come pick you up to take them to your their office? Or are you hiring potentially a more expensive lawyer who doesn't do any of the fluff stuff, but you know is going to negotiate on your behalf? I love it. Exactly. I want the outcome. I want the best result, and I'm going to base it on past performance. Example number two, you go, you potentially have a serious illness, God forbid, and you have to go to the doctor. Are you going to choose the cheapest doctor to go to or the doctor that has the fanciest office but doesn't have the best reputation? Or are you going to go to the doctor who has the simplest office, perhaps, maybe even makes you wait in their waiting room, God forbid. (laughs) I know. But you know their experience matters. Experience always matters. And that's exactly the mindset that sellers need to have. You know, for the largest investment or probably one of the largest investments in your life, yes, we are going to compare it to a situation where you might need a lawyer, a life or death situation, or something to do with your health and your body and your life. So yes, your largest investment, which is your home or an investment property, it's a big decision. So don't just willy-nilly look at the cheapest fly-by-the-night agent, you need to focus on value. And by no means am I sitting here and saying you need to pay more to get more. That's not what I'm saying. 
I'm saying look at the agent's past record. How long have they been in the business? How many different types of markets have they been through? I mean, we're going through this. Like the last five years before 2022, Q2 onwards, it was an upward trending market for how many years? Yep. So there has been a market shift. There has been a market change. There has been a different situation that people are working with. And there are tons of agents who never gone through this. Well, 30 to 40% of these 1,000 agents in the GTA today literally have been licensed in the last two to three years. And a very interesting stat that I actually heard yesterday was that in North America, this is the United States, Canada, and I know I'm geographically rewriting the lines here. It should include Mexico, but we don't have the stats on that. Having said that, with regards to the U.S. and Canada, prior to COVID, only 20% of the agents on average on any real estate market was doing more than 90% of the transactions. Today, that number has fallen to 10%. And you ask yourself the question, why? Why has it gone down? There are more transactions happening on average now than there were because there's more houses that have been built. Exactly. So why are there less half the number of agents since COVID doing more than 90% of the transactions? It's because they have the confidence to go and work through any market. And that is what's going to carry you to your next home. It's going to carry you to your next investment property. It's going to carry you to the next chapter. Exactly. And when it's like, you know, the tough get going. So just make sure that you're following those tough ones. And so this brings us to really, I mean, these were some of the key mistakes. There's plenty others. There's definitely others. But these were probably the top eight mistakes that we see sellers making over and over again. We're here to look out for your best interests. So this is why we wanted to share this and do this podcast today. We're going to be doing a similar one for buyers and for investors, but that's for another time. And I think, you know, so thank you. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Please follow and share this podcast with your family and friends. Comment, ask questions, or make requests on topics that you would like us to cover. As you can see me reading that through, because I don't have it memorized. <laughs> and it's something so simple, but anyway. It'll come. Oh, thank you, Xerxes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to be back. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. TR Talks is hosted by members of Team Rajpal with Remax. Rajiv Rajpal and Xerxes Barucha are brokers. Gita Rajpal and Nicholas Ip are sales representatives, all registered with the Toronto Regional Real Estate Board, Real Estate Council of Ontario, and Canadian Real Estate Association. This podcast is for informational purposes only and not for financial or investment advice. Please do your own due diligence.